Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to a very special edition of the Peristyle Podcast. It is the Trojan Blast from Pac-10 Media Day 2009. We have audio from two different things of Pete Carroll. First, Pete Carroll addressing the media uh, on the podium at Pac-10 Media Day. Then we had a little media scrum after lunch with Pete Carroll and a lot of the different beat writers from around the country talking to Pete Carroll. So we have audio of that, about 45 minutes in all. Here's first up is Pete Carroll addressing the media, Pac-10 Media Day. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm fired up to be here. Uh, it's a new field. It's exciting. Uh, something different going on in Pac-10. You know, every year, for the years we've been coming at this thing, this is going on year nine, we've always uh, set our sights on maximizing our potential as a football team. And we'll always look at, at getting out there and, and trying to figure out a way to be the very best we can be, and wherever that takes us, that takes us. And as we look at, at this, this season coming up, again, it's, it's what it's about for us. We're trying to maximize this opportunity to have a, a terrific football season with the kids that we have. And it's, it's fitting that I got Taylor with me today because this is a guy in our program that is just the epitome of, of maximizing his experience at USC. He had a chance to go last year and take off and go to the league, but he, he wanted to graduate and he wanted to be a leader in his program. He wanted to see what it's like to be a senior. And he wanted to be the best player he could be for his school. And he wanted to maximize his opportunity to be the best when he went on to the next level. And it's, 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 I'm fired up that you're here with me. And, and uh, if you have any tough questions, I'll, I'll help you out. Okay. Uh, but, uh, and so it's a very exciting time for us. And uh, there's so much at stake and so much ahead. And, and uh, with such great anticipation, you know, we get to this point where this event kind of kicks the thing off. It's fun to see that the Pac-10 is, is uh, taking a step forward. We've got music and highlights and uh, this, is, this is cool, you know, and it's fun to be part of it. Um, we have tremendous challenges ahead of us. You know, we're going to be faced with all kinds of issues and, uh, on our team, one that we have to settle. Uh, you know, the, the quarterback spot is what everybody wants to talk about. The linebacker spot is what everybody wants to talk about, and, and rightfully so. I want to settle those issues. We also have a great challenge uh, just in the schedule and in, in the, the season that, we're, that's, that lies ahead. Uh, we, we go about it in the same fashion. You know, there's nothing new for us. We've got to recapture the, the level of intensity that it takes to practice like we've practiced over the years. That's the number one issue for us. Can we practice great and day in and day out compete and battle and, and, and make these guys have to, uh, to find their best day after day after day so that when the performance time comes in game day, we can perform like we're capable and, and perform to our potential. That, that's what's at hand. What, what's, what's so obvious to me is our conference is so challenging for us. Year in and year out, without question, our most difficult games, not just one game, but many games, come right from our own conference opponents. And, and, I, and I know that, and I hate to come out with the numbers, I don't even, I'm not going to even try to figure them out, but I know that we've only lost a few games out of conference over the years, but we've lost a bunch of games to our conference uh, opponents. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I can't imagine anybody better than this conference. I think this is the best conference in the country. And we show it by the way we perform. We show it by the, I see it week in and week out by the level of coaching, the, the level of performance uh, from the players, the guys that go on to the NFL, the style of our, of our attacks are, are just, they're cutting edge. And it makes us, uh, it, it's great for us. It makes us so strong at the end of the year. It makes us so ready to play in bowl situations when we get there because you survive the season against such great challenges. So, uh, with all that, you know, it, this is a, a year that, that uh, again, it calls for us to be at our very best. 
the, the, the conference is loaded up again. You've just heard from everybody. Everybody's pumped. Everybody's excited about it. There's great players. There's, there's thousand yard rushers. There's big time QBs. There's terrific defenses uh, that, that will challenge us throughout. And, and uh, if we're fortunate enough to, to put together a real good camp and, uh, and then get to our games and, and get started right at home and, and get on the road and get going, then we'll be ready for the conference. And we'll, we'll take them on uh, one at a time as, as we get to it. Uh, so I, we're pumped about it. Uh, couldn't be more more excited about where we are. We've had a fantastic off season. Spring was great, uh, and, and the competitiveness that's carried over into the off season program led by Taylor and, and the fellas, uh, I know has been it's cutting edge for us. And uh, so we're really looking forward to it. We do want to address the fact that the quarterback situation to, to me is is really clear right now. That Aaron Corp came out of spring practice as the number one guy. He had a great spring. He completed over 70% of his passes, only through one pick on a little dink screen. Just did a great job for us and really gave us the, the feeling that, well, here we go. Here, here's a guy that can take us. But he wasn't that far ahead of Matt Barkley, which by a total shock to us, was able to perform at a level that we've never seen a quarterback in our system perform at so quickly. The first pass he throws in team period, the first day with the first unit, he, he smokes a seam out to Damian Williams right in front of Taylor, and the place went crazy, and, you know, and, and he came right out of the chute's fire. You know? <laughs> he took it easy on his buddy Damien, you know, and didn't knock him out. And, uh, but it, it just showed that he was ready for the challenge. And so as we go to camp, when he has so much more to learn and to gain, uh, by far he's ahead of anybody we've ever had at the position. And so we'll see where that takes us and, and, and you know, how that will play out. Uh, the linebacker spot, you know, when you lose four guys in the NFL and, and all highly regarded, terrific performers, leaders and all of that, you know, you, you could feel it. You know, you could feel that obviously. But always in our, the, we've never focused on the losses. We've always focused on who's arriving for the opportunity. And uh, with Chris Gallippo and Malcolm Smith and Mikey Morgan, those guys played great in spring football and, and they've played beautifully when they played for us in the past. So we have the hopes that they can fill up a linebacker spot that is really kind of left vacant by the loss of, of, of those four guys that, that we like so much uh, and, and went on to the league. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go about it in similar fashion. You know, we don't ever talk about the, the national championships and the, and the ratings and, and the Pac-10 championships. We just try to get as good as we can get as soon as we can. And that's about maximizing. And so hopefully, once again, we can find a way to, uh, to get the right attitude and the right approach so, so we can get on that, on that road. So uh, now with that, Taylor's got about 10 minutes of shtick he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're ready for some questions, please. This is for Taylor. Is there any chance that you'd be performing at halftime with Song Girls? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got. He has to talk to me during halftime, but That's right. I might. Some maybe. You're not doing that. Okay. Hi, Coach Lisa Horn, FoxSports.com. Um, Mark Rick uh, from Georgia last week was asked. Um, if he could change one thing in the NCAA, what he would do in one day. And his quote was, I'd probably do, what I'd probably do is try to incorporate some kind of a dead period in the summer. My question to you is number one, two, two part. Number one, um, your thoughts on that. And number two, if you were in charge of the NCAA for one day, what would you change? We would have an awesome playoff system is what we'd have. That's all I really would care about. But, you know, I can't come up. Mark's got something else in mind there. But I would, if I could do it, I would uh, find a way, and I don't have the system, um, to create a playoff system that we could all get excited about and, and, and still capture the beautiful bowl situations that we have and not minimize them, but, but make them, you know, a big part of it and, and wind up with an opportunity to play and find out who the best team in the, co- in the country was at the end of the year. 
Coach Carol Stachbrader from Scout.com. Uh, had some devastating news about one of the incoming players, Frankie Teleport, and he's going to continue to be on scholarship. Um, will he help out in some capacity with the team, or will he just embrace being a full-time student? Yeah, this is a crushing you know, report, you know, for, for Frankie and his family and for all of us. Uh, we're just so disappointed for him because he's such an amazing kid. You know, when we recruit guys, when they, they commit to us, we tell them, you know, that uh, now that you've committed and we've offered the scholarship, you know, you're a Trojan, and this is where the Trojan for Life opportunity begins. And we, we, we tell them at that time that, you know, if something should come up, if you should have an issue where you can't play or whatever, we're here for you. You know, we're going to be here to see you through your education and make you as big a part of the team as possible. Well, the situation, it's come up with other injuries that kids have had, but they've recovered. This is a different situation, you know, for us. But it, it, does, it does call for us, uh, you know, philosophically to... to make sure that Frankie feels comfortable and his family feels comfortable that the depth of what we mean when we say that. Frankie will be with us. He's going to be a proud graduate and, 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 uh, and a Trojan. He's going to be part of the program as much as we can, we can uh, find ways. And we'll have to figure that out as we go. You know, I'm going to be very sensitive to his, you know, his concerns and, and you know, how he's handling it and all of that. This is a really, really smart football player. He's a pre-med student. And he's a great kid. He's got great coaching ability in him, but we might have to talk about him getting too excited as a coach. It might not work out, I don't know. But uh, it's, it's something that we're going to find with some goodness in here and, and, uh, and make it as good a situation for him as he goes through his education as possible. And, uh, and I know Frankie would be the first to tell you, and I'm right there with him, that, you know, who knows? You know, who knows? Maybe there's a way. And uh, we're going to go everywhere as we already have uh, begun the process to find out what we got to find out to give him a chance. Maybe somewhere down the road. I'm, I'm never giving up on Frankie, and he's not either. So, um, we'll, you know, we'll see that through, but we'll be there to love him up throughout the whole process. Uh, Greg Katz from WeRSC.com. Taylor, a lot of people are saying that this may be the most vulnerable Trojan team uh, in a while, especially on defense with so many starters uh, having gone on to the NFL. Are people underestimating this defense? And uh, give us kind of your viewpoint on what you expect this defense to be. I think, you know, people, they, they ask, you know, you guys lost eight people to the NFL and you lose the big name guys on defense. But we know what we have in the locker room. And each year we bring in top recruits from each recruiting class and guys that can play. And we have so much potential in the locker room and out there on the field. And we know what we can do. And... What we, what we really have to do right now is, is recreate it and try and find where our work ethic is and find out you know, what it takes to get to that point where we could be successful or what it took for us to get to the point where we could be successful in the last couple of years. And if we can convey that to the younger guys and get them you know, on that train and understanding how we do it, then we'll be all right. Taylor, this is a question from the Pac-10 Conference and also from Jerome, a tweet that comes your way. It talks about the... Uh, USC has always had big physical safeties, and when you look at video of other programs, does USC play their safeties any differently in positioning because of your physicality, your size, and strength? I think it's, it's Coach Carroll's, you know, the defense that we run, and we kind of we run the NFL defense, and we got big, fast, physical safeties always. But with USC, Ronnie Lottwin here, we have to have big, fast, physical safeties. So that wouldn't, that wouldn't be right. And, um, you know, it's something that we take pride in. We take pride in, you know, how safeties have played in the past. And it's not just a USC thing. It's what Coach Carroll's been in the past. The safeties that he's had have been big and physical. And that's just the style of defense that we play. And we take pride in that. And that's, that's the style of defense we play at USC. And that's the style of defense that Coach Carroll um, coaches us to. You know, I add to that that, that you know, we 
this, this has been a great tradition of safeties in the program, and, and uh, these guys, you know, they know Ronnie, and they know, you know, they know uh, Dennis Smith and, and Joey Brown, and those guys have come around and, and watched, and of course, Troy in, in recent years, and, and uh, Kevin Ellison, those guys leaving. There is a tradition about it, and, and Taylor's embraced that from the start. You know, he came in really willing to understand, you know, what he was getting into, and kind of uh, become, become part of that lineage, and, and uh, I don't think, and I think Ronnie would be the first to tell you, and I don't want to ever cross Ronnie, that uh, there's never been a guy more physically fit, faster, stronger, uh, more committed than, than what Taylor is. And so those guys all get the chance to live through his, his performance, and he carries that responsibility with him. That's why he prepares so hard, and it's so important to him to be the very best he can be and to maximize uh, his, what he brings to this club. And, and uh, so... Um, it's it's a really exciting part. It's been fun ever since you know he played since his, his played in his first game as a freshman and then started every game since and, and uh, it's been extraordinary to watch and can't wait to see him this season. Coach Patrick Finley with the Arizona Daily Star. How did moving that U.S. or the Arizona game to the end of the season come about? And all things being equal, would you just as soon play UCLA in the finale just for tradition's sake? Well, there, uh, each year, you know, we're faced with some options and, and opportunities, and we try to work, you know, as we can with the conference and what everybody thinks is important. And if, if you know, if it's palatable, then you know, we're going to go for it. And this was one of those things that uh, gave us a chance to get a break during the season, you know. And, and so, um, you know, we try to, you know, be amenable to, you know, the wishes of the conference and and the television people. So uh, that's kind of how this came about. And there was no other strategy to it than that. But uh, you know, each year we're asked to do stuff, and sometimes we can do it, and sometimes we can't. And so, uh, I, th I think we played Oregon State a few years back at the, at the last game at the end. And you guys remember that one? That was a, a while back, and they gave us a ridiculously difficult game on that one. So uh, this isn't this isn't helping us at all, I don't think. But it, in that regard, but it is something that we you know we'll continue to try to work with everybody and cooperate as we can. To your right, Taylor, Brian, uh, Brian Golden, Antelope Valley Press, and Sports USA Radio. We're proud to. Uh, presenting sponsors of the Lot Trophy. Taylor, what, uh, what do you know about Ronnie Lott? And secondly, what would it mean to you to be the first Trojan to win the Lot Trophy? Um, you know, I, I think anything with Ronnie Lott's name, it, means, it sounds good. You know, and I, I talked to Ronnie a couple of weeks ago, and, and we talked about his trophy, and we talked about kind of getting involved in the community and, and doing the right thing. And I told him I didn't want to do it for the wrong reasons. I told him I didn't want to you know, do community service for just just for the trophy, I said I want to do it because it feels right, and um, you know to be able to represent to be able to represent Ronnie Lott and be able to represent that trophy, and you know it'd be special. I think it's something that will help add to the legacy at USC, and it's something that if uh, you know in trying to go after it, I don't want to do it for the right reasons. I don't want to do it for the wrong reasons. Hey Taylor, Brandon Marcus, Annenberg TV News. Talk about your decision to come back and what extra motivation you'll have this year to get to the national championship game. And coach, if you can comment comment on that as well. We, uh, you know, Coach Carroll, I sat down, I talked to him, and he told me, you know, what we talked about what would be best for me in my future, short term and long term. And he said, you know, staying. He said, staying is only going to help you. He said, you're going to be a better football player. You're going to be a better person. It's going to give you the chance to graduate. And, you know, I made it. And it was tough. You know, the money's right there. And my friends are, you know, signing contracts and all that. And I had to make, you know, the mature decision in regards to my future. And, you know, now that I'm here and I'm happy to be here, you know, I'm trying to just convey the message and convey, you know, what guys before me have taught me. And I'm trying to be that positive role model for the younger guys. 
and I'm trying to show them, you know, and I got to show them through sacrifice. I got to, I got to do everything right because they're looking to me now, and you know that's the responsibility that I take on, and I'm, I'm willing to do it because I want to win. We understand, like you know, if we the implications of the BCS, if we go undefeated, that's our best chance. But we don't control that, you know. We got to go to the Rose Bowl, and that's all we can really control, and then. We'll, we'll work off of that. And we're not really worried about that. We're just worried about going out, playing our best every time, and playing to our potential. And if, if our potential is only six and six, then we're only six and six. But you know, we just we play to our potential every day and, and go from there. Yeah, I, th- I think that um, you know, the, the, every situation is an individual situation, totally, and with the kid and his family and all of that. And there's a, there's a lot of elements now that we've been through this a number of times that go into this. I think the most important thing is really good information and a, and a real clear sense of you know, what you're getting, what you're giving up, and, and measuring those things with, with a good, clear mind and, and, and all of that. And, and we've tried really hard over the years. We've, we had, if you remember years ago, we had five or six guys that all came out early and they all kind of got blasted in the draft. And we've learned from that from that lesson there. Most of our guys now have realized about staying for their fourth year or their fifth year and maximizing that chance to get to get recognized for all that you can possibly create. And, and as we talked to Taylor about it, he was real real clear about wanting to be a great, great player. And <clears throat> And when he gets his chance, he wanted to maximize that opportunity in the league. And so all of that did lend itself, and, and, and he promised his mom and dad that he was going to graduate. And it's the, the best way for young kids to, to do this, to graduate, is to stay in school. It's so difficult once they leave early and to come back and get back in the curriculum. It's hard to do that. It takes a long time. Uh, all of that fit in just right so Taylor can get done with the school. And he can be a senior for the only time in his life. This is an experience that you only get one shot at, and, and he looked forward to that. And, uh, and, and then just about trying to just make himself all that he can become is really the message. And so, uh, uh, you know, there's different ways to do it. There's not a wrong and a right way, but there are elements to it. And I think it's, uh, you know, you had roommates go in different directions. You know, Mark made his choice and Taylor made his choice. And those guys were the best of friends and they knew what, what they were doing and, and they understood it and, and they did it for their own personal reasons that fit their situation. So uh, we'll just keep working through it and, and uh, hopefully it's going to turn out great for them. Dan Greenspan, Scott.com. Uh, last week at SEC Media Day, their commissioner, Mike Slide, said his league's entered a new golden era, winning the last three national titles. How do you respond to that, knowing that if not for three losses, the SEC would probably have no national titles? Uh, well, I think it's a great, you know, great goal for them as a conference, and, and uh, for him to challenge the rest of the coaches, you know, that's, that's you know, I think that fits, you know, and they have a chance to do that and, and to get another one. And, and, uh, and Florida's had such a great run, you know, and Jimmy's been such a great quarterback. And Urban's done a great job there. They, you know, they're in the position, you know, that he can go ahead and say stuff like that. That's pretty cool just being there. So, um, you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's all I can say about it. They can say whatever they want. It's <laughs> a question for Taylor. Um, Last year it seemed like Kevin Ellison was kind of the leader of the defensive backs at, at USC. But in, in talking with some of the guys that, that are still on the team, it's, it's clear that you are now the leader. Uh, do you feel that way? And, and what are some of the responsibilities that you're going to take on in being in that position? I feel that way. I feel like being a leader is not something that I ever pushed. I never want to speak out just, just to talk. I'd rather you know, do things right and, and lead by example and then talk when the time is right. Um, I think the responsibilities of being a leader, I got to conduct myself accordingly in all situations, you know. And that's not just on the football field; that's that's in my social life, you know. That's academically, that's 
doing the right thing at the right time. And it's tough because, you know, you have, like, social things. Like, you know, I don't want my teammates see me at a party because they might think, you know, that's cool for them to be at a party. And it means that much to me. You know, I, I have no problem sitting in my room and looking at the wall. Like, I, you know, I, I do that all day long if that's what it takes, you know, for my teammates to understand, you know, how serious I'm about it and provide that, that positive, be that positive role model for them. Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com. Pete, I wonder if you, you could describe or just relive what this decade's been like for you, you know, where you were in 2000 and to get the call and, and what's happened here. Could you ever imagine it would be like this? You know, I, I honestly, I, Dennis, I, I hoped somewhere along the, the road here, whether it was playing or coaching, that I'd get to get in a situation that would be kind of like where we're in. And I feel very blessed to have you know, come into the opportunity at SC when I did. Uh, to, to be able to, after the experiences that you know, kicked my butt and, and you know, the, the times when you, you, know, you get fired and you have to fight through it and, and, and kind of reinvent yourself, to have this opportunity and, and, and then capture it in a time when you could make a, you know, a statement of, you know, over a number of years. You know, this, this thought about winning over a long period of time has been something that's been with me for quite a while, well before I ever got here. And the challenges that come with the expectations the challenges that come with, with the consistency and the discipline it takes to stay at a high level for a really long time is very, very unique for coaches. And it's rare that we get this opportunity. So, to, you know, in any sport, at any level, at any time, you know, and so when the, the opportunity has presented itself now to be in the middle of it all, it's just been the time of my life. I mean, I've just had so much fun and it's been... Uh, I'm so grateful for it that I want to create the fun for everybody around us and everything that we're doing, you know. And so uh, it's, it's really, a, you know, it's been a forgettable type of, of, of a run that we're on. And the, the, the really exciting thing to me is I don't feel like we're near the end of it. I feel like we're in the middle somewhere. This is just what we're doing and this is our world, you know. And it, can we, the challenge is for us to continue to create the discipline it takes to stay on task and to stay with what, what has made us, you know. And, and uh, that's why, you know, we, you hear Taylor and you'll hear me talking to so much about how we practice and how we go out and practice everything does. You know, every day we got to go out there and make it a big deal. And if we do, then we're living moment to moment, which allows us to maximize the experience of it all. You know, and, and uh, the, the, the last thing I want to do is look way ahead. You know, look ahead to some conference this or that or some ranking. I want to go have a great day the very next time we go out that Saturday. You know, we're going out to nine o'clock. You know, on the eighth, and here we go. And, and if we can hold on to the discipline it takes to do that, then I get to keep living it like we're living it and, and share it with everybody around us. So it's, uh, it's been great fun, and, and uh, it's, it's been the challenge of a lifetime, but it's also been the blessing you know, as, as well of a lifetime. So I'm really thrilled about it. Thank to the Trojan Blast on peristylepodcast.com, part of uscfootball.com. You, you just listened to Pete Carroll addressing the media from the podium. Here is Pete Carroll in the media scrum after lunch, talking to the media about Pac-10 Media Day and the USC Trojans 2009. Just to get it out of the way. Just to get it out of the way. Do you think the Pete Rodriguez thing was a violation? Or no, been no. Told or? We, here's, we went through the, the channels to, to make sure that we were doing everything right on that deal, and, uh, and I think you know hopefully that that's we, with all the intent. And, and to make sure we were doing the right thing, and, and uh, that's that's how we found out. I really can't say too much more than that. Yeah. What I've already said. So that's 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 that was the, uh, done well before we ever did it, and all that stuff. We went to the, the, the proper channels for compliance, so to make sure that we're doing it. So they, you you check with compliance. Oh, sure. Compliance sure. signed off. That's how we've always done stuff. That's how we've always done it. And so. Um, 
you know, the, the fact that it comes back up, I don't, you know, we just have to we'll see what happens. But we'll, we'll contribute in every way we can to help, you know, and all that stuff. So. How, I mean, if this... Of course, well, we wouldn't have done it, you know. It's, it's, it's how we, that's how we do stuff. How, how will this be perceived? I mean, if this happens in a vacuum, it's just uh, whatever. But you've got some issues there. I don't know. I, I don't even. We'll just go. Whatever the process is, we'll go through it and, and do whatever we have to do with the process. You know, and, and uh, you know, make sure we do it right and, and, and respect it and, and, and regard it you know, the way it needs to be regarded. The university will do all of that, and, and we'll do it. In, you know, with all of the um, with the right thoughts, and we're going to help make sure that they know what they need. And just one more thing. Let's go. Let's go. I know. I can't say any more about it. I'm not going to ask about that. Okay. It, it, it's been three years since this whole thing started, since the investigation started. Are you personally just waiting for something to come out of the investigation? Well, the Reggie Bush thing. and Has it only been three years? <laughs> I think that's a lot of people's point. Yeah, it's been a long time, it seems like, you know. And, and um, so, I mean, I think this was... You know, this this is the Reggie Bush stuff is really not topical. We don't hear anything about it. We don't get questioned about it. We did all of our contributing a long, long time ago. It seems like it's even longer ago than that. And uh, you know, so we and we'll continue to do whatever we need to do to help you know, the, the process. You just wait. Yeah, we just really it's, it's there's nothing we can do. You know, the, the information is all in all that. So that has been for a long time. And you don't have a hearing aid. Oh no, no, there's nothing like that. Not that that I know. Not to be crass, but what does the Frankie Telford thing mean to you guys football-wise at weak side linebacker? Because I know he was a guy that you were looking at. Well, we had we had great expectations for, for Frankie coming into the program. You know, he's, he was unusually gifted in terms of understanding football. I mean, a remarkable guy at understanding scheme and the things that he had done as a high school player. I can't tell you that we've had anybody who knew so much about football that, that, as Frankie did. And, and that's and he, he was able to audible defenses and change calls and do all kinds of things that you never hear a high school kid doing. And he could talk it, you know. So we were really impressed with that. So we thought that that would lend to him having a chance to, to participate early, you know, and, and be a part of it because he would pick up on stuff and all that. So um, we were looking forward to it. And he's a great kid and a great family and, and all that. It's, it's it's a crusher, you know. And so what is that? What about depth wise though? Do you move anybody to that position? Maybe James Boyd, or, or is that something that you're going to look into? Or no, we're not going to guess about stuff like that. The, um, we have to see where we are, you know, and see how everybody is when we get back to camp. And, and we have a couple ideas. I've already been working on some stuff, and you know, as always, whenever anything is at hand, you got to work at it and see what, what that means and all that. But nothing to really speculate about just what, What's the health status of Malcolm and Luther Brown? Well, Malcolm, Malcolm's had a bit of a tough off season. You know, he had he had a surgery. Um, on his esophagus early on, it took him a while to get uh, you know get through that process, and uh, then he that, is that yeah Malcolm Malcolm yeah 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 a few months ago, and um, so he had to go through that, and then he's um, uh, he also he's he's been I think he's been in the weather you know, two weeks ago, so he's been sick a little bit, and so he's had a little bit of a spotty offseason. But um, when he's out there, he's done great and, and all that. Um, is that, who, is that all you asked? Oh, Luther, Luther is. Uh, you know, Luther's academic situation has been in question for some time now, and, and uh, I don't know where he is right now as far as his eligibility. Luther's been. He's been. Um, a question with the, with the class that he had to finish, and I don't know what's happened with that. I can't update you on that. But this has been ongoing for some time. Huh. And what about physically? He's having his back and shoulder. Yeah, he has not been working out with us. 
expect to have in the season? I don't know that. I don't know. Uh, no, uh, as of right now, no. Coach, I was talking to Taylor. He said the first half of the season he was under the mindset that for sure I'm going to go pro. And then halfway through the season he felt, this is the place I want to come back to. And then at the end of the season you guys had a conversation. You were under the same process that he had to come back. Well, no, that's not exactly how I okay. was. I, I saw it as we needed to investigate it, and, and as he talked about what he wanted to do and what he was thinking about, he emotionally really was connected to the school, mm-hmm. and he really, differently than, than as Mark was, you know, there's a totally, I mean, there's two totally different subjects and stories, you know, and uh, so he... He was much more inclined to be comfortable to be here. When Mark was compelled to go for it and to have a, he had a totally different. Emotionally, he was different about it than, than Mark. So that's, that's why I say that there's a difference, you know, for each person and each guy. You know, if you go back to Matt Liner, Matt was like Taylor was. You know, he wasn't emotionally just absolutely committed to going. He couldn't wait to get there, like you would expect to get, like like Mark was. You know, and, and uh, that's why he came back too. You know, Matt, Matt did, and so um, you know. I, and I knew his family so well that we just talked through it, and, and it was really I was really representing. I thought um, in talking to his family, representing Taylor's wishes that he feels something about coming back, looking forward to it for all of the right reasons and all that, and and, uh, and so that's eventually what, what you know what came through. You were connected, sort of, you know, talking about these guys, but were you at all surprised in their decision in terms of? I think if you, you asked everyone. At the end of the season, I mean, Taylor. They might have thought it would be the other exactly. way around. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how, you know how you guys evaluate that, but I, that's just your, you know, your opinion. I don't know, but. Um, but just you yourself, were you surprised at all that Taylor decided to come? No, to no, I, no, because I know Taylor. You sure, know, yeah. I, I wasn't surprised at all. You know, I was actually talking on his behalf to his dad. You, yeah. know? you know, I think he's, he really wants, to, you know, feels strongly that he wants to come back and you know, go through it. You know, with that understanding, and then with Mark, really early on. Uh, Mark was saying, I think I'm going to do this, you know, and then he was he was different about it, and so uh, and as he gained momentum, kind of going, getting ready and mentally right for it, you know, he was he was unflappable. He did a great job of holding on to what he felt was right. So that's why I, I think I totally applaud the fact that after the the really the, the kind of pressure we put on him to understand the reality and the truth and what you're giving up by coming out early, he still stood strong. So you got to you know you got to support him on that. He was he was a stud about it. So. I know the front seven this year is faster, maybe, than, than it has been. Um, but are you guys tough enough and physical enough up front to deal with kind of this more physical pack time conference that everybody talked about today, do you think? Is that a concern at um, all? Well, I didn't hear all of the, that stuff. Uh, everybody said, right? everybody, everybody said that? Yeah, everybody's talking about how this is like now a running conference. And like teams are going to run the ball more. And I really appreciate you bringing this up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the question is, are we, you asked me, do you think, are we do you think, do you think the front well, seven is tough Well, we, we, uh, we hung tough for their own guys, you know, and we have a really nice offensive group up front, and our guys were able to, to, to battle with our offensive linemen. So, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll be okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that, though. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm counting on it, yeah. You know, I don't see any difference. I think we, we should be pretty stout, and we're going to be very fast as well, you know. I think uh, Armin Armstead really gives us a little bit of a different dimension than we've had. You know, he's he's uh, you know maybe 30, 40 pounds heavier than the guys that have been playing on the, on the, the strong side end play position. So uh, if he holds up and all, I think he could really be uh, an added dimension to us along with the speed that we have. Yeah. I was thinking more in terms of linebackers just because they're built so differently than you know Ray and Kush and, and Kaluka were that they're they're more 
I don't know, wiry? Yeah, I don't think you could ever get more stout and physical than we were. You know, I think that's as good a linebacking crew as you could ever hope to have in terms of, you know, physical, hold your ground and all that. We're, we are more mobile. You know, Gallipo is 250. You know, Mikey is, is, is 220-something. You know, he's, he's not as, as heavy as Kush at all. So we're going to be a little bit different style. We're going to play a little bit more speed-oriented, you know, and, and, and all that. So um, with... The, with the new turn towards the physical uh, pack end, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You talked about how well Aaron performed in the spring. What are you hoping to see from him in fall camp? Just to, just to pick up where he left off, you know, and, and just keep going and, and, and display the confidence that he was displayed in the springtime. You know, times can change. There's a whole, you know, two months in here or something, four months, you know, between. I mean, you know, I just need to see how he hangs on to his mentality and all that he he left in very much control and, and understood what was asked of him and played the position well and really could talk the, the, the offense you know well and, and just, you know, did a very good job with it. So I, I would think that he'd only be better, you know, and, and, and be stronger. But we don't need to wait and see. It's, that's why we go back to camp and start battling again. You know, see what happens. And then you don't know what, what what's going to happen. With, excuse me, uh, with, you know, with Matt's part of that, you know, his play and all that. I don't know. We need to see. Probably the the most change you could expect to see in Matt, you know, one way or the other. So. Um, just because he's you know a younger kid, but I, I don't know. We'll just wait and see. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, any chance that we're going to see uh, number 55 this year on a jersey? Um, I, I don't. Not right now. You know, I, I, that number hasn't popped up yet. So I, I don't. As of right now, I'd say no. Um, we'll see. That can always change, you know, before the first game. But by the first game, it, it, it's not going to change. Does the uncertainty motivate you more that there's a lot of questions? The place in the quarterback, does that make you sense the different challenge that it has been in the previous year? I don't, you know... Uh it's just, it's just, it's one of the challenges that we have been through before. You know, we've, we've been. I mean, who would have thunk that Matt Leiner in his first game was going to be able to go out and Auburn against the number one defense, the number one team in the country, or whatever the heck they were at the time, and, and you know, and lead us to a game, you know, and, and all that. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's any. I think that's why I go back. It's pretty much like that situation. You know, he hadn't played before, and he's going into Auburn. You know, so. Um, and I think we have a, a more solidified support group on offense than we did at that time. Can you talk about, you were saying that you think as far as success, what you guys have done over the last uh, seven years as far as conference championships and stuff, can you talk about, you said you feel like you guys are in the middle of this thing and it's so hard to sustain success over such a long period of time. Why do you feel like you're just... Um, because nothing has really changed to think otherwise. You know, we've, we've been able to continue to... Uh, see the, the approach and the philosophy work for us. We've been able to continue to get uh, the response from recruits like we have in the past. Um, we've been able to maintain the level of, of coaches that, that I think it takes to continue to stay at the level we're at. You know, we're very fortunate in the, in the transition this time around. Um, so I don't see any I don't see any reason why you know why it should change. You know? But the other guys have a lot to say about that. You know, the other teams we play and what's going on in the conference and all and maybe you know, I don't know. I never know any more than I know. I've never felt any more than I feel right now. You know, I think maybe the the year coming back when Matt was a senior and Reggie was a junior. You know, I probably had a better feel for what was going to happen offensively than you know than for us. But um, you know, that's. But I, you know, if, you know, if we go back and we work real hard, then we have a chance. I don't know whether this means we're going to win the conference. I don't know if it's going to mean we're going to win anything beyond that. I don't know where that takes us, and I never have. We just go start planning, and I know that that may not 
this might sound trite or whatever, but that's how we do it, you know, and just go to work and practice really hard and, and battle and, and develop our, you know, ourselves, and then we go start playing games and we'll see what happens. All of the polls and the rankings and the predictions and all that stuff, you know, I would like to see what you guys thought our defense was going to be like last year, you know, when we started the year. I don't know, I don't remember, but you might have some questions about it. I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? If you go back, you know, there's always issues. You know, there's always issues. Did, wasn't last year Mark's first year starting officially? Yeah. So, you know, we were, you were asking the same kinds of questions, you know, and about stuff. So, um, you know, I don't have a crystal ball about it. I just, we just go play. Let's see what happens. And, and, and uh, the whole key to it is practicing really well. Pete, how has the conference changed? When you first started coaching here, quarterbacks routinely threw for 3,000 yards. There was three or four guys every year. Last year, no one threw for 3,000 yards. How has how our offense changed in the conference? Well, the um, the game has gone a little bit more to the, it seems like, because of, of uh, Oregon's influence maybe. You know, it's gone more to the spread stuff. Um, Jake, you know, when Jake's playing, you know, he's running the ball a lot um, up there in Washington. Um, but Arizona State's been pretty much the same. Arizona's been pretty much the same. But they went to the, remember the guy they hired to, you know, open up the offense and all that. Those kinds of things have happened. You would think would translate into more passing yards. But I, I think uh, I think what we're seeing is more balance. We're seeing um, teams that run and pass. I think there was a time when people just, just the Pac-10 was a throwing conference, you know, and it isn't like that anymore, obviously, by the numbers and all that. And I think balance is better. You know, balance is more difficult. You know, teams that are, that are heavily weighted running, heavily weighted passing, are, are, they give you a better chance to defend against them, you know. So and we've always maintained our philosophy about being balanced on offense for this for the very reason. You know, we want to be able to run and throw the football. I think what you're seeing is you're seeing more well-rounded offenses in, in the conference than, than so much slated to the throwing game. I mean, Jeff's always run the ball well, you know. And here comes uh, 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 Jim up there at Stanford. They're they're hammering the football with you know with their guy, and, and, and so that's you know got people going to their strengths. And maybe the um, you know you look around the quarterbacks, you know, you know we got to see who the quarterbacks are going to be, you know, coming up and, and, and see what what happens in those positions. Ours as well, you know. And, um, that that would make a difference too. We've had some pretty darn good quarterbacks over the years, and, you know, so maybe the I don't know. I'm just guessing there. Do any other players have health or injury concerns heading into camp next week that you can think of? Uh, we're in pretty good shape. Stanley had the flu or something, you know. And, and we're, no, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, I know Jeff Byers has had a great offseason, 295 pounds, the first time he's had an offseason. Gallipo's had a very good offseason where he's had his all you know, broken up with his surgeries over the years. Uh, those are, that's a big difference for us. Uh, uh, the running backs are all coming in healthy. You know, Joe's, Joe's 100% going. Um, give me a second here. Uh, the one issue is, is still Blake Ailes, you know, is he full speed, you know, and he, he has been uh, working out and doing the stuff, I understand, and he's been out throwing with the guys too, running rounds and things, which he couldn't do in the springtime. I don't know what that looks like, I haven't seen him, so I, I don't know where he is. But that's, of all of the guys, that's probably the biggest question mark in my mind, is, is Blake back to full speed or not, you know. It's a pretty thin position for us to tight end, and, and uh, Adam, uh, Adam is in good shape, he's, he's back, um, so... Anybody else? Any about guys? Mitch Fussain. 
Mitch is fine. Uh, uh, I can hear him. So we're in pretty good shape. Pete, you won. You finished in the top four seven years in a row. You managed to win it 14, 14 years in a row, like Bobby. And I know that's no. what you're shooting for. No, I'm not, no, I'm not, no, that's not right. I'm not shooting for that. I don't know anything about those. Well, I mean, just to keep winning. He, he, did, he, went for he did 14 straight years in the top four. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing, I guess. Yeah. That's hard to even imagine, isn't it? But, um, you know, I, I I can't even fathom thinking that way. You know, I only think what's right in front of us right now, and, and that's the only thing I can see. And see what happens this year. I don't know what's going to happen this year, let alone 10 more years. Do you have an opinion on his maybe taking away 14 wins off his I don't know. I don't, even, I don't know any of the strength. I don't know anything about it. I don't know. There were strong leaders on the team last year. Obviously, Mark had a very big personality. Ray, Coach had very big personalities. Have you seen guys kind of step in it and fill those voids over the summer and maybe guys that have been around the office a lot? Well, it's springtime. You know, that's when the first chance it goes to the offseason work that goes leads up to springtime. Um, Taylor has just been, you know, he's been the guy. Man. He's, just, he's done it without saying a word, basically, just saying the thing at the right, whatever he needs to say at the right time, but by doing it. Um, uh, Avril Spicer is taking on a leadership role because he's the oldest guy up front. Filippo is a natural. He's just a natural, you know. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, you couldn't ask for a better guy than Jeff Byers. You know, he's just perfect for, for your leadership position. He's already been recognized by the team. Uh, Christopher O'Dowd, uh, those guys are... The running backs, there's a whole group of guys that are strong personality guys. Damian Williams has been a big factor. I'm not worried about that at all. You know, not at all as far as the leadership. But and Ray was as quiet as you could get. You know, and Cush didn't say a lot either. You know, they and I think that's what Taylor has has fashioned him his his way of fitting in after those guys by really doing it by the work ethic. You know, there's no question that Mark was outgoing, gregarious. It's amazing to me that people in the stands could recognize his energy. You know, but you could. And there was a difference between he and John David, you know, and you could see it. And I don't think Aaron comes that way. Or I don't see Matt that way either right now, you know. But I think Mark is that unique in, in what, he, what he, he brought and his mannerism and stuff. And, uh, so. Coach, recruiting landscape has changed. Every coach that takes over the pack thinks they want to recruit Southern California hard. That's your territory. Yeah, this is such a great area. They all should. Is That's there the right thing to, to go do. around? Or do you have to go more you know, I, I don't have the numbers the last couple of years, but I used to have that uh, there was 100 guys that left California every year that went to the Pac-10, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you know, we can only take 15, 18 guys anyway, so there's nothing we can do about it. And there's a bunch of really good players. And I don't know if those, how those numbers have worked out the last couple of year, years, but, um, uh, but you know, there's a lot of kids that can play here. I mean, that's just the Pac-10 schools, and there's everybody else trying to get in here too. You know, and I, I don't. I still think, even with all that, it's still under recruited. Under recruited. There's so many kids. You know, if you go and dig into all the schools, there's so many schools that you got to know your way around. And that's one of the issues. You know, the area is so big, it's it's daunting for some guys. You know, you send a re- your, your top recruiter in here. How do you possibly recruit this whole area? You know, and if you got all of Southern California, you know, so. And that's why Sark's going to do really well. He knows the ins and outs of it, you know. And, and Lane Kiffin and his guys, Eddie, those guys know the ins and outs of this area, and they won't they won't miss on guys, you know. And, and uh, but every year there's terrific football players that get that get out of here that we might not even have figured could ever you know play. And boy, they, sure enough, they're up there in the top draft picks in the whole thing, you know. So it's a great great area. Do you remember the first time you saw Taylor either on tape or? 
in person, and what was the first thing that kind of popped up to you? Like, yeah, he was. Re- yeah, he played. He was playing tailback on film. He was really fast. You know, he just took ball and ran right. Around. And he was playing quarterback and just took ball and sprinted right around everybody and scored. He, he, I, he's so big, you know, in, in such such great stature. You know, you don't realize how fast he is. You know, he was a tremendous track runner in his underclassman days up there, and. and, and uh, uh, he's just run ridiculous times with us, and, and, and I mean, I don't even like to talk about it. Wait, let's wait and see when he gets to the NFL what he runs and find out what that time really is, you know. But um, and he'll he'll blow him away, you know, because he just you would never think that body could go that fast, you know. But it, he's very unique. Can you compare him? I mean, you've had some great safeties that you coached in your career that has great safeties at SC, but just his size and speed and everything that you. No, seen. there's nobody that compares to him other than Joey Browner in his later years. Mm-hmm. You know, Joey was wound up weighing about 230, you know, when he was finishing up. But Joey was a you know 218 pound guy. You know, he was he wasn't Taylor's a 235 pound guy or. And could be 260. You know, could yeah. be. He has to constantly work at maintaining his his, worry, his weight, and, and uh, he works in a re- regimen that allows him to keep trim. You know, because he just has the ability to blow up. You know, and, and so uh, and he's and he's just meticulous and, and dedicated to it. So, um, so you know, comparing him, he. Um, one of the really great players that played was Dennis Smith. You know, Ronnie and Dennis battle all the time. I mean, obviously, Jimmy Ronnie's the all-time one, but but Dennis was a guy that that uh, that showed up making big hits. You know, and, and I remember him more from the Denver days than I do from his college days. You know, and I loved him as a player there. So, um, but I, you know, Ronnie could do. I remember Ronnie could play corner too. You know, and he played corner in the NFL his rookie season. I remember in '83 or whatever it was. That's amazing range of ability, you know, for a guy to go to the league and be a corner, you know. So, um, but Ronnie is the guy that I've always said was the most, he tried to hit people harder than anybody that ever played. He tried, man. If he could get you, he was going to get you. And, and Taylor is, is working in that. He's trying to pound people, you know, and, and uh, Ronnie would give anything to run a stat for Taylor, <laughs> you know. So, uh, we all would have, so... Charles Brown is a guy that you didn't mention when you were talking about injuries. Is he? He's, just, he's had back, uh, back issues, but yeah, he's fine. I talked to him uh, the other day. I saw him uh, a week ago, and he says he's 100% he's fine. He's had you know, some soreness and some stiffness and stuff. He's okay. That's something we have to monitor and make sure he's okay during camp. We're rolling. We're rolling. Um, he has personality. A lot of people don't really kind of see that, but I mean, he's kind of shown that to us now. Is it, is it? Has he kind of grown into this role as like a team leader and a media sort of? Yeah, he was pretty quiet, you know, and, and, and uh, was very respectful of Kevin. You know, Kevin was kind of his guy, and, and uh, for the first year or so, and Kevin really helped him and brought him through it. And then, and then as as, as he emerged, you know, he was just about as much a leader as Kevin was, you know, but he always kind of would allow Kevin that, that spot, and so I think he, he, he really relishes this chance, you know, that, to be to be in this position, and he wants to add to his team and give it everything he can, so he has grown into the chest. How does Darren compare to, to uh, starting their first game? Darren got the date, he got the job, or was name number one in the screen, because he just won a lot of just look like he was so. Well, he I, you, know, you know why he did that? Because he, he thought Barkley had a great spring. So he, he really was, did. He was no, wondering he, his. Yeah, he, he thought Barkley had a great spring, and he know that he you know he had gone so far so so fast. Um, I think that he, he was he was thrilled to win the position at the time, you know, and, and uh, it's how much respect he has for him. You know, I'll say this to you guys, but I'm losing people here, but when the the uh, 
the guy that I, I would I hope Aaron would be like would be like what Joe Montana was like. When you think you go back to what Joe was like, and you hear, you hear him talk about him in his younger years. He was so resourceful and and had great accuracy, but could always run and kill you with his legs. And stature-wise, you know, kind of slender and all. Uh, way back when, when we first started recruiting Aaron, that's kind of how I wondered. Well, you know, what would Joe have looked like in high school? You know, what, what kind of attributes would he have? You know, and and. Uh, and well, we'll, we'll find out, you know. Aaron's got a knack. He was a great high school player. You guys, a lot of you guys saw him. He was a great high school player that won games in a lot of different ways and all. And, and I'm really excited about him feeling comfortable. You know, he gets all summer to feel comfortable about coming back as the number one guy and taking it to camp. I'm anxious to see how he goes. You know, we haven't seen these guys in months now, you know. So, um, but to have those kinds of legs, you know, and that, that leg ability that we've always talked about in our opponents, never even talked about our own guys, you know. It'd be really fun to see him take off. And, you know, I, I said to him before spring football that, you know, he might be worth three or four hundred yards rushing. And uh, that, that's, that's a huge boost to us if, he's, if, that's, if that's possible. We'll see. You know, that, that we'll see. And I wanted to encourage him to run by saying that and feel comfortable and show us what he had. And so you know, that could be a great boost to what we're doing. And we'll see how that works out. You've been listening to the Pear Style Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on parastylepodcast.com or search for Parastyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.